Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. Well, well, I hope you are doing well. It's been an interesting couple of weeks in the Helton household. We had the joy of going over to London to spend some time with my sister who lives over there. And we got to bring the kids to Legoland, which definitely was high on their summer bucket list. We had a great time. We managed to pack our own lunch because one of the funny things about theme parks is that they just haven't seemed to work out that magic spot between pricing food too high and to a point where people would actually pay for it. And so the food is so expensive in theme parks that I actually noted that the majority of people had packed their own lunch. One thing certainly for those businesses to learn that it's okay to charge a little bit of a premium, but if you're absolutely going to rip people off, they're just going to find a way around it. We were back at Gatwick Airport then on the Monday and our gate had just been caught up. We got a really good deal on a Ryanair flight out of Shannon to Gatwick and we were literally walking to our gate. I just transferred all the remaining pounds out of my Wise account because we hadn't spent everything that we'd budgeted and I was quite delighted to be setting back a little bit of euros when a notification pops up on the Ryanair app. Your flight has been cancelled. And do you know what the funny thing was? Is that I often say that I'm the most overinsured man in Ireland. And I did sit down to get a quote before we left to London for travel insurance. Ah, sure. 20 euro for four days? Nah, not worth it. I'll leave it this time. We're only going to see my sister. Well, talk about big mistake because as that flight was cancelled, as were about 500 flights that day, yes, we got caught in what was called one of the worst travel days in over a decade, likely since that Icelandic volcano, the airport, and our lives quickly turned into a mad chaos. And the funny thing here was that nobody was really able to help us. We were pretty much on our own. By the time that we'd realized what was going on, our flight options were that we could book a free flight out of Gatwick on the Thursday morning. Well, what good is that to us when we're sitting here on Monday afternoon with school starting back on Wednesday? In the end, we were able to book a flight out of Stansted for the Tuesday night. We got back home at 2am Wednesday morning and the kids were off to school by 8.30 that morning. My poor wife had to pull an all-nighter to get everything ready for school while I had to try and catch a little bit of sleep in preparation for work the next day. All in all, we were down about 300 euros all in by the time that we had to pay for the extra flight. In fairness to Ryanair, they didn't try to fleece us too badly. The flight out of Stansted actually was fairly reasonable, only costing an extra 124 euro on the difference. We did get a refund on the flight. I have put a email through to Ryanair to see if they might refund that difference. But the big cost was the airport transfers. Getting out of Gatwick and then to Stansted was hugely expensive, costing us over 100 pounds for those two train trips but hey lesson learned don't go about travel insurance and i think annual and travel insurance policies are probably the way to go we'd normally always have them in the past it was only because that was our first overseas and only overseas trip this year that we didn't see the point of doing it but whoopsies a lesson learned just a quick note as well and a bit of thanks to shannon airport who didn't charge us the 30 euros that was coming up 
when we tried to leave the airport car parking. And I think something that I learned is that if your flight ever is delayed and you come back with an extra car parking bill as you leave, just hit the buzzer and make your case and you never know, they might just open the gate and let you through. So yes, certainly an interesting experience for us and one that we will not forget for a long, long time. And I think as annoying as the 300 euros was, one of the interesting experiences of the whole thing was actually losing a day's work. It was a wasted day and I quickly realized just how important every day is to our fire journey and being able to sitting around, not being able to work, not really having quality family time because we were so anxious about waiting and trying to hope that that flight went out on the Tuesday. I quickly realized the power that every day brings. Keep in mind that if you are trying to retire within a decade, we have 3,365 days to make it happen. So it's important to make every day count, which is a great introduction into today's episode. Back in 2019, very early on in the podcast, I did three episodes in a row on ways to increase your income. After four years, I'm excited to finally attempt part four of this series. This is a delicate topic and talking about income is a little bit scary because I am putting myself out here a little bit so I would say take this all with a grain of salt and as always do what's best for yourself and my experience as a software developer is going to be completely different if you're in another industry or whatnot so it's about finding your own path when it comes to income and I've been extremely fortunate how things have played out over the last five years or so when it comes to our ability to have increased our income. So here it is. Since 2019, what I really realized was that I didn't need to have a business or necessarily even be self-employed to dramatically increase my income. I mentioned on the last episode that job switching is the easiest way to dramatically increase your income without causing too much distress. But there are a couple of other ways and things that you can try if you like. They are not necessarily sustainable and not even necessarily recommended. However, it's about you determining if it is something that could be for you. Because the thing is, and I've mentioned this before, and even in recent episodes, to retire within, say, 10 years is extreme, and we're going to have to make extreme decisions. I was very fortunate in 2021 to be offered the opportunity to contract, to do day contracting. Previous to that, I'd been doing freelancing and billing by the hour. All of a sudden, day contracting opened a huge door for me. I remember my very first day, day contracting. I went to the first meeting at around 9 a.m., got some information and sat in this meeting for around two hours. It was fairly introductory. The meeting finished and I did a little bit of setup to get everything working. And by midday, I was done and waiting for work. You see, the strange thing is being a freelancer and coming from that background is that every hour mattered. I only got paid for when I did work. And when I started shifting to day contracting and being paid by the day, that pressure of producing something each and every hour got less. By mid-afternoon on my very first day contracting, I called my recruiter and said, nothing's happening. I'm waiting. I've been told to wait for work. I've followed up. I'm now waiting for the next instructions. Do you want me to put down half a day's work here rather than a full day? My recruiter turned to me and said, look, Michael, I know you're working from home today, but if you were a builder on a building site and had rocked up to work, and no work was assigned, would you still charge a full day's work? I said, yeah, sure. He said, well, in this case, you're going to do the same thing. I quickly realized that me sitting at my desk watching YouTube whilst waiting for work wasn't a great use of my time, and I quickly found myself filling in the odd bit of freelancing work. It made sense. I had to be at my desk anyway as part of the job, 
I was at my desk for eight hours. Sometimes I would complete my work too quickly and I'd be waiting for others. Why not do an extra hour or two's freelancing work a day? The best part of this approach was that my freelancing work was going 100% into our investment portfolio. I didn't know it at the time, but there was a term for this known as overemployment. There is a website that covers this up pretty nicely called overemployment.com. Whilst my example was certainly small, there are people out there who are working multiple remote jobs at the same time. In 2022 was when my income really hit the roof. That year, I took a moonlighting project for a US company whilst working my Irish day contract at the same time. I was tired and it was unsustainable and I wrote about this often while I was documenting the journey, but it did allow our income to increase significantly. The impact of this was significant. I can't stress enough just how much of a difference it's made to our overall FI journey. In an 18 month period, I carved a significant amount of time off our journey. And now where I'm at, where I have one contract and do a little bit of freelancing on the side, I've found a fairly nice balance doing that. The freelancing clients know I have a day job and the day job wouldn't mind if I'm doing a little bit of extra freelancing in my own time. Naturally, sometimes I can do a little bit of freelancing in the morning before work, in the lunch hour, and maybe an hour after work. So again, I can manage it pretty well and it's given me something which is relatively and fairly sustainable. But it's extreme and I've had to really push it to find a way that allows us to, I guess, find a bit of a balance between ensuring that we're hitting our financial goals whilst not burning out from the working side. A lot of this has been possible because of the power that remote working has bought. Again, I'm not necessarily recommending my route as the only route, but the point is it is possible when we start to think outside the box a little bit and be prepared to be a little bit uncomfortable when it comes to working. One of the funny things that happened was when I stopped working the US contract, I quickly realized how easy it was to work in an eight hour day block. All of a sudden, reducing from 16 hours a day down to eight hours seemed like a walk in the park. So often work is a little bit relative. And what seems hard at the moment, if we really challenge ourselves, may not be quite as hard as we think. Would I go back to working a US client again? Well, it's a strange question. In 2022, the opportunity was there. The opportunities were there. Software development was at an extreme premium. Now in 2023, I just don't see the same money and opportunities being thrown around. And somehow subconsciously, I knew this at the time. It was very difficult to turn down opportunities when they were being thrown at you. However, in 2023, the opportunities simply aren't there. So even if I wanted to, I suspect I couldn't anyway. However, I certainly am open to it if the right opportunity were to present itself again, if it meant I could make a significant dent on the length of time it would take for me to be able to retire, which currently, based on the current projections, is just over four years away, roughly December 2027, which is a significant milestone because it will be just inside 10 years since I first made my very first investment into our retirement portfolio. How can I guarantee this? Well, thankfully, we're at a stage when it comes to investing where I no longer need to buy any more assets. The plan is simply to pay off three of our four mortgages that we have on our investment properties and live off the cash flow from the rental income. 
the big takeaway from today's episode is just to think a little bit outside the box when it comes to income. If you are working remotely, I would definitely recommend checking out overemployment.com. I am not recommending working two jobs at once. In fact, I think certainly in an Irish context, it is counterintuitive with 50% tax rates to do it as a full PAYE employee. However, depending on the opportunities, it might make sense to do, say, a full-time and a part-time role as a moonlighting exercise. Say you're a teacher, maybe picking up some after-hours grinds. I know, for example, my own GP works for Shannon Dock as well, so she picks up extra shifts after hours. It is extremely common. Do not be afraid to push the income boundaries a little bit. And you never know, other opportunities may come up as a result. It's never going to be fully sustainable, but finding a way to make it work can potentially make a huge difference to your fire journey. So certainly do consider it. And lastly, and as much as it pains me to say it, there isn't always an alternative. Job switching is great and that will get us so far, but at some point, depending on how quickly you plan to hit early retirement, some extreme decisions might just need to be made and certainly that's what happened to us. And looking back, I don't regret it because it allowed us to increase our portfolio significantly. We took years off our FIRE journey as a result. As always, if you have any questions on this episode, drop me an email at michael@firepodcast.e, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode.